0: Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter, hosted by Blaine Potvay, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic-Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice stick around we will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro, but could never find the right one, or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And welcome to the all-new Less Filtered Habs Unfiltered Starring Matt
1: Smith. Good evening, guys. I'm going to try not to swear too much.
2: Treg Toxic Wilson. What's up, guys? I'll probably swear a lot. And
0: myself, Blaine Padvay, who will drop
2: a couple of swear words
0: here and there. Um, hopefully not too many, because we don't want to alienate too many people. Uh, for those who may not have noticed on social media, uh, Shreg and myself have uh, parted ways with All Habs and the Rocket Sports team. Uh, I want to take this time to send out my uh, my thanks to Rick Stevens and Amy Johnson from the All Habs team. Uh, they were they were good friends and mentors, but uh, at this point in time, I had I chose to go a different route. Um, it, it it has no. It had nothing to do with anything other than just needing needing a little bit of change. So, uh, again, thank you to them. Thank you to the All Habs team. Uh, if, uh, if you want to go check out their content, it's allhabs.net. Uh, on Spotify, it's Rocket Sports Radio, um, the channel that this show used to be a part of, but we are now independent. We can choose our own times, we can choose our own topics, and our own guests, and today's guest is RMC's head coach, Richard Lim. He will be joining me in the second half of the show, and we're going to be talking about uh, OUA hockey, uh, RMC itself, and the rivalry game that they're going to be playing uh, later this month versus West Point. Fun stuff. Ooh,
2: that'll be exciting.
0: Yes, uh, but this segment we will begin with the new additions to the Montreal Canadiens: Marco Scandella and some guy named what was it, what's his name? Uh, Koval, Koval,
2: Koval Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. Never heard of him. I said that one right. Some guy from the Thrashers. Yeah, he's a new rookie.
0: New rookie, thirty-six year old rookie. I mean, I mean, not much can be expected of that guy. Maybe a point
1: maybe maybe a goal here and there
2: he did have 14 he did have 14 points in la before he parted ways
0: when he got bought out because he was no longer playing
2: yeah that wow yes because they told him to stay home and i don't know yeah i i i feel him I, i i know how that feels so but uh
0: matt what do you think what do you think this whole new these new additions
1: well, I'll start off with um, I'll start off with Kovalchuk. Um In my opinion, he's been arguably him and Suzuki have been the best players the last few games. Um, he's up, you know. I know this is a small sample size, obviously with uh, with Kovalchuk, but right now he's he's averaging uh, over twenty minutes a game, which is you know really unheard of. I really didn't think that he'd have a, a chance whatsoever to be playing that much, but he stepped into a role. He's uh, he's playing on the top line. He's playing big minutes, and we saw the other night against uh, against Ottawa. He can he can still he can still bring it. He can still score the big goals, and uh, he looks like he's having a lot of fun out there. He's got four points in five games. He's producing. He's looking like he's having fun in the locker room. The guys are loving him. They're more or less starstruck by this guy, and um, he's showing that at his age. More than likely, this is his last opportunity in the NHL. But depending on how things go for the rest of the season, if there's other injuries, if um, if the Canadians going on a losing streak, etc., this might be a player that could be flipped for uh, for a draft pick or a prospect at the deadline. What are your thoughts,
2: Craig? What do you think? Uh, Kovalchuk has been a good surprise for me. Uh, I wasn't, he's pretty much a, he's four points in five games. Uh, but he's also, uh, people forget Kovalch is a big boy. He's not a small forward and he like, he throws the body around and he has done that the uh, last few games. I think he's uh, been a pretty good mentor for a lot of guys in the room. Uh, you know, there, there was an interview with one of the players. I forget who it was not too long, long ago who just said, Hey, just talking to him brings a smile to your face. Um, and the guys uh, seem to enjoy having him around. He's uh, brought some life to the team, brought some life to the fan base. Uh, and I just think uh, uh, with Kovalchuk, if he can maintain what he's doing, and maybe I'm not going to say it's going to be a point per game and from now until the uh, trade deadline or the rest of the season, but if he could maintain somewhere close to that, uh, then yeah, I can see, I would see more of a draft pick than a prospect going our way. But, uh, uh, maybe if they decide to even flip them, maybe, you know, maybe they don't, uh, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be against them flipping them, getting a prospect and maybe coming back July 1st to see if they can sign them to a low contract to play, play uh next season for, for a year just to see how it turns out. uh, that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. That's a good. Uh, that'd
0: be that'd be nice to see. Maybe, uh, depending on how he does. Um, I kind of saw this as a complete, no risk try. If he if he came in and he sucked, then who cared, right? Because the Canadians are already on a free fall. Um, and I wrote about this in my new piece on the hockey writers. Big old plug right there. Uh, I felt
2: it was kind of a PR move. So it, it was it was definitely a PR move. Yeah. It was it was it was one of two things, and that's why I said it, it. It reinvigorated the fans. The PR move is it got the fans not thinking about the eight game losing streak, or the losing streak they were on at the time, and it got them thinking about this star player who everyone, when we were younger, when he was in New Jersey, wanted him in Montreal. Uh, but it also it's working twofold because it's also helping the team.
0: Well, and that's so, what I was going to, that was what I was getting yeah. at. So they had the PR move right off the top. Even if it didn't work, they had that bump for even a few days where people wanted to spend some money, buy some tickets, uh, maybe going to seat Ca using the code unfiltered 20 to get your discount, uh, buying some tickets to the Canadians, maybe a concert. You never know. Shameless plugs. Um, and then it turned out that even with the with this adrenaline push, I guess, uh, with the new signing and the new uh, the new environment, he started playing well. They put him on a top line. He uh, he's playing twenty minutes a game. He's he's almost a point per game. He's he's throwing the body uh, defensively. He's looked a lot better than what he's normally looked like throughout his career. Maybe this is his uh, his attempt to show that hey. I can play hockey and not hurt your team, say, on a third line for a for a, a team going for the cup. So my view of this is that by the deadline, I don't feel the Canadians are going to be in a playoff spot. So if he can hold on and play decent hockey right up to that point, uh, I agree with the both of you that they can trade him and flip him for a pick. Maybe, and this is this might be pushing it, maybe as high as a third, if he can, if he can keep up his his pace that he has now.
1: Well, it's very much a pro, it's very much a possibility. Um, you look at his points right now, and as I said, it's only a small sample size. But he's got four points in five games. I look at the stats for the Canadians right now, and I'll look at someone that's injured, uh, Paul Byron. Paul Byron has a goal and three assists, just the same as Kolbelchek does, and Byron's played nineteen games with the Canadians. Um. You yeah, but the, the
0: difference between the two though is that Byron is known to be a lot better defensively.
1: That's very true. was also at, getting
2: top line minutes, top six minutes, while Byron was getting bottom six minutes.
1: Absolutely, but you would still you'd still expect a little bit more out of someone like Byron who's coming off twenty goal season, et cetera, et cetera. 100%. In my 100%. opinion,
2: hundred. Oh, right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right.
1: Yeah. And even um uh, even Kukani Like, yes, he's been injured. Yes, he's not playing the top minutes, but you know, he's got he's got eight points in thirty two games.
2: He's a bust. <laughs>
1: oh Jesus.
0: That's 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 a topic for Tuesdays. You can be toxic then. <laughs>
2: it is. I will bring that up on Toxic Tuesday. <laughs> I don't really think he's a bust. I'm just that's just yeah, oh, yeah. you know.
1: That's yeah. just but, Twitter for you. But going back to Kovalchuk, though, in my opinion, he's been uh, he's been a uh, kind of a breath a breath of fresh air to the lineup. He's uh, he's been good for the fans. He's been good for the media, and uh, he's been great for Brett Kulak, who got a uh, got a Rolex out of it for That's giving true. up his, did. for giving up for giving up his number.
2: And, yeah, and now uh, Blaine has a Kovalchuk jersey, not a Kulak jersey. Oh no, Kulak's name's still on it.
0: So I don't know. Does that make it worth more? It negative. could be.
1: We can just put a piece of duct tape over and put Kolbichuk. Yeah. That's okay oh. too.
2: It, it's you can it's can in keep the nice K.
1: Dream.
2: You can keep the two Ks. You just have put well, over over cock in the middle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but the autograph doesn't look like it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll make something work. So what about Marco Scandella? In my view, um, getting him for what they got, uh, what they gave up, a uh, fourth. Essentially, they they moved back, um, about one, one round because they 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 got a fifth back in the Riley trade. So they gave up Riley and a fifth, or sorry, Riley and a fourth, and they got Scandella and a fifth. So they they upgraded defensively. They got they only moved back one, one round. And um is a local. He's from Montreal, and he's someone that. I don't know, since he arrived in Montreal, the uh, penalty kill has climbed to 94.1% in his time. In those six games, they're at 94.1%, and over that time, they're third in the NHL. So, I don't know, people call it a coincidence, but he is solid defensively. He is a local. Uh, The long-term view on this, I believe he's going to stay, and he is a... Uh, An insurance marker in case Romanov doesn't come over from Russia this for the next season. Uh, What do you think, Matt?
1: I completely agree with you. And uh, isn't Scandella like Sergio Mameso's nephew or something like that? Yes, he is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking the same thing with Scandella. He's a local guy, and I can see him coming back as well, being that insurance policy for Romanov. They're going to. um, I think they're going to try to get him signed. As, as, as soon as possible obviously but um, if it happens that he stays in in Russia or maybe that he's not quite ready to join the NHL maybe he needs some time in the American Hockey League Scandel is a good insurance policy um, you look at uh, you look at somebody like uh, Sharat who a lot of people looked at and said you know what the what the hell why would you give this guy three and a half million dollars we're seeing that he's he's taken off like he's playing some really good hockey he's uh he's got you know guy's got 15 points he's defensive defense but he's got 15 points with uh with seven goals like where where did this come from um and i i i'm not gonna say that Scandella's is gonna put up big offensive numbers but if he can be sound defensively he's gonna be a big upgrade um he's gonna be a big big upgrade over someone like um you know a mike riley that was just traded to uh to the Sens, or someone like Foland, or someone like that. And yeah, I can see him. I can see him coming back and he's, he's not going to be making as much as obviously he is right now, but uh, for a guy to come in, who's just playing for the Sabres, he's averaging more than three minutes more a game. He's playing with Petrie and, or um, flurry. He's a guy that can block shots. He can, he can throw the body. And be just sound defensively, and right now that's what Montreal needs. Carey Price needs somebody in front of him that can help clear the net, let him see these shots. And we, we saw the other night with uh, with the uh, with the shutout victory. If uh, if Price can see the puck, he's going to stop it.
0: And what it does is it uh, it, it puts an end to the Riley Folan era. So those Absolutely. two are no longer the depth defenseman. Now the depth defenseman is Brett Kulak. Who last year showed great things, and he's playing an up and down season this year. But if he's if he's brought in as the seventh D man, that's a huge huge upgrade over what they had just last year. So Absolutely. That that puts people in the right positions and improves defensively. Uh, and if Romanov does sign, that means uh, somebody's going to have to go uh, if they do keep Scandella. So is it Kulak that goes in the off season? Will it be Mete that's traded for something to improve the team elsewhere? What, uh, I don't know. Uh, what, do, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Drag?
2: Oh, okay. That was just, I was just—I didn't know if I could speak. Uh, no, you can't. You're done. I'm kidding. So, Matt, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: go, go ahead, Drag. I'll you, You're allowed to have some time. Filibu- All right, uh, thank you. filibuster.
2: filibuster. filibuster. Uh, the uh, I don't even know what I going to say now. Thanks. No, and uh, Scandella. He, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Scandela's going to make it past the trade deadline of Montreal's out of it. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, it, it's, it's, but they, they could read again. He's a guy that they could lose at the trade deadline and resign in the off season. Um, but, uh, I kind of agree. He is an insurance for Romanov. Although I do think Romanov's going to come over. Maybe that's just more me hoping. Um, uh, I, you know, all right, I'm going to start shitting on Mete now. But I think uh, if he stays, I think is the guy going because I think Mete brings the best value back. Like, if they're going to trade someone or get rid of someone, I think they're going to get more from Mete. And I don't think is the type of guy that uh, you want to keep up in the press box. Like Kulak, since he's been doing it this year, and really, you know, I don't know. I just think Mete... If they're going to get rid of Mete or Kulak, even though I'd rather, I think Mete is a better defenseman than Kulak. uh, I think for a spot defenseman like what the seventh guy is going to be, I think Kulak's better fitted for that situation than Mete. And you're going to draw more of a uh, a trade partner or more of a uh, uh, more back in the trade if you if you get rid of Mete. Uh, Another thing I'll say about Scandella is when it comes to PK, the PK is 23 of their last 25. And, uh, when, with Scandella there, I think it's more of not so much that get Scandella is that much better. Well, he is, but that you get Kulak and Riley off of the PK. So, you know, just him being there makes, gets that one guy who hasn't really been great on the PK off the ice. So, uh, which kind of go coincides with what you were saying. So I think, uh, with Kovalchuk and Scandella both coming to the team it, it reinvigorates the team. It strengthens the defense, but you still don't have that puck-moving defenseman on the left side that we kind of need. Uh, so you're still going to have to fill that role, and I don't think Romanov is going to be that big of a puck-moving defenseman. I think, he, well, he could be. I think he's going to be, if he turns out like Markov, great. But if he turns out at Emelin, that's good too. Uh, I, I'm I'm mixed in between of what Romanov is going to bring to the game. I mean, we can talk about that later, but what Romanov. What kind of game Romanov is going to bring, and we still need that puck-moving defenseman, whether we keep Scandella or get Romanov or not. In my opinion,
1: Matt, um, it's 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 really it's really <laughs> hard, as as of right now, it's really hard to say what Romanov's going to bring. Um, you know, as I said with Scandella, he's going to give you a sound minutes defensively. I'm not going to really expect very much from him in an offensive perspective, but. Um, as you said, if you take Kulak out of the mix, you take Mate out of the mix, you take Riley out of the mix. When it comes to on your P, uh, your penalty kill, you've now got Weber, Petrie, Scandella, Sherratt, and Flurry. Five guys with size that will throw the body around. That will. Blow and that's what you need on the PK. Exactly. They'll clear. You know,
2: they clear the front of the net.
1: Absolutely, and we've seen that Flurry can really, if he really wants to, he can he can clear you out of the way.
2: Well, look! Look what he did to Luchik.
1: Yeah, and Ronaldo. So game, and Ronaldo, and Ronaldo on the same he, ship, and Ronaldo. Yeah, like, on the same just,
2: ship. He, you know, he made Luchik look like last year's cutting Emmy when he got hit. Oh yeah,
1: he's a baby face assassin, as we're calling yeah. him. <laughs> baby
2: face <laughs> assassin.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, so, uh, what I want to post to you guys is this: uh, once everyone comes back. What's going to happen? Are, are we looking at uh, mass exodus uh, come trade deadline or, uh, you know, because Joanne's going to come back. Byron, I don't know that he had a setback with his knee, so maybe not. But he was expected to be back by the uh, by the all-star break. So we'll say by the deadline.
2: Armia um, might be back next game.
0: Armia might be back soon. Uh, Gallagher, maybe by the deadline, just to give him a little extra time. So there's four top nine players. Um, the defense is going to stay unchanged because it's, the blue line's actually pretty healthy. Uh, but what do you guys think this is going to do come deadline? Are, are we looking at a mass exodus? Uh, are we looking at a bit of a mini sell-off? Uh, what, what do you think, Treg? Um.
2: I don't think you're going to see Bergman do a whole lot, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think Tatar, Tatar, and Petrie are leaving. Uh, if if they do, I think it's going to be at a high. I think he's going to ask a high price for them because they still got a year left. Uh, there's, you know, Tatar's our leading scorer. Petrie's, you know, one of our top. he's not having the season he had last year, but he's one of our top defensemen. And uh, so I truly, I don't think he, unless something really, really good comes his way. Uh, it, Pierre Lebrun said today that he has no intention whatsoever of trading Weber or Price. Um, some people will say we heard that before, but I think this is different. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be huge moves. And if there are, I don't think it's going to be for major players. I just don't like maybe, like I say, maybe Kovalchuk and Scandella. Maybe, if someone's looking for a cup run, uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't really see him doing a whole lot. I just don't. What about you? Uh, what about you, Matt?
1: I'm with Trey I don't. I can't see him making big deals. Um, guys like Tatar, in my opinion, aren't going anywhere. Uh, some people actually started even talking about Domi because he's an RFA next year. Saying that they could flip him for assets, he's not I'm going sorry. anywhere. I'm
0: sorry, was that me laughing? <laughs> uh,
1: that's I, I. I said the same thing, and I thought yeah, I heard thing. the
2: Domi for Nurse thing. Is what yeah, I, I saw that too. Oh, that yeah.
1: kind of no. That kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not going to pay attention to this one. But um, my opinion, Tatar's not going anywhere. Domi, uh, Philip Deneau, any of these guys, they're not going anywhere. Um, the guys I can see moving. If it comes down to making a move to better the team because you're not making the playoffs, I'm looking at someone like Nate Thompson. Yep, who can definitely help out a fourth line, can bring that veteran presence to a lineup. Even a, even a lineup that's already has a veteran presence, you put in a guy like that, and you can you see what he brings to the room. You know, he'll he'll bring back a draft pick. Or even even someone like um, Nick Cousins. He's a cheap contract. He can play up and down the lineup. He can play any forward position. He's an expiring contract as well. You move either of those guys, you're going to get something back. But I think, in my opinion, Thompson has the uh, Thompson has more value. Uh, defense will stay the same um, as well.
2: I, I just think if he, I agree with Matt there, if he's going to move anyone, it's going to be especially when all these guys from injuries come back. Because when all these guys from injuries come back, and with the way Paling's playing. At the NHL level, like the last week or so since he's been up, actually since he's been recalled, he just got his first point. But he, people got to stop just looking at points at the way a player is playing. Because I thought Paling, since his last recall has been playing great hockey, like for the minutes he was playing. He's uh, he's
0: strong. He he wins he wins his yeah. puck battles. The fifty fifty battles along the boards. He's winning most of those. He's he's going to the front of the net. Uh, he's battling in front of the net. He he's doing all those little things that uh, a power forward does, and that's right. exactly what the Canadians have been missing. Uh, he could okay. be the next Shane
2: Corson for the yeah. Canadians. I, to- I totally agree, and I think he should stay on the wing. I'm I'm fully sold on him being a winger. Uh, but I think with him coming and with all these injuries coming back, now you got Cousins, Wheel, Paling, almost pretty much a whole fourth line. That you're, where's everyone gonna, where's everyone gonna go if you keep Kovalchuk? He's not gonna play on the fourth line. No, Byron's not. I mean, Byron, you're gonna, you basically have Byron and Armia on the fourth line as your wingers. Yeah, with Thompson in the middle, so Paling could play the middle on the fourth line but cuz when Drewin comes back, when Gallagher comes back, when uh, Armia comes back, they're all top 6 they're all top 6 players. Absolutely. Right? So that means Leckinen's going to drop to the third line, Kovalchuk's going to drop to the third line, which means uh you know, Byron and Armia got to go somewhere. And Armia shouldn't be on a fourth line.
1: No, not at no. all. So I can see him returning back with uh, with Domi, with Domi, uh, Domi and Drewin maybe.
2: Domi and Druin, will be your second. There's your second line: Gallagher, Tatar, and uh, Deneau. Your first line, yeah. and Then you got Leckinen.
1: I'd say Suzuki Lekkanen,
2: and Katinevi as the, as your third line. Hard to say. Well,
0: here's the way I see it: the top line, uh, it will be brought back together once Gallagher comes back yeah. by the deadline. So that's that's set. The second line, I see uh, Druay on there with uh, Suzuki and Domi. The third line will be the finish line again. And the fourth line, uh, Paling will be there. Um, But at the deadline, I see guys like Kovalchuk, Thompson, Wheel, Cousins. All of them are expendable and could net you a couple of picks. So why not just get rid of them? I don't see anything happening at the blue line. I don't see Scandella leaving because he is that insurance marker and... That, that leaves the, the door open for something to do in the summer if they want to use Mete, say, in a draft day deal to move up into the first round. You know, you'd use a couple of seconds in Mete, you can move up. Um, and and I, I say this because I do honestly believe they look at Romanov as their next, uh, their next their solution to that left-side defenseman issue.
2: Oh, um, definitely, definitely.
0: Because but but they, they probably why, look at him like the next uh, the next Konstantinov,
2: you know, from the Red Wings back in the back in the nineties. Uh, oh, I get I I get yeah, but I don't know if he's. It, I'm stuck between: is he going to be an Emelin or is he going to uh, uh, an improved Emelin or Markov? Well, and you, that's have,
0: why that's why I mentioned Konstantinov. He's kind of a yeah. mix of the two, right? He plays yeah.
2: he plays that physical two way style,
0: and he can move the puck and skate well. And he he had a, a good first pass. So I I think he kind of fits in with that Konstantinov uh, style of hockey. So they look at him and they say, "Yeah, that's our solution." He may not play top pair of minutes, but they look at him as an upgrade on Mete. And if they can move Mete for something, that'll help move him into a first round or um, improve up front. Uh, I think they'll do it.
1: And right I mean, now he's the he's the best chance that they have at the left on the left side. Right now, a lot of people yeah. have said that Brooke can, can then play on the left. But Brooke's not NHL ready. No, he's he's
2: still at least another year in the AHL. Absolutely. He's also a right-hander that plays on the left. That's right. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a right-handed defenseman that just plays on the left. And I think they want a natural left-handed defenseman over there that can move the if, puck. If
1: they, if they can, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Uh, right now, the way I look at it, is Romanov, even though he's not even in the NHL, is the most NHL ready defenseman that they don't have in the NHL right now. In in their in their
0: uh Out of their prospect pool.
2: Out of the prospect pool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: So uh that's nothing against <laughs> Brooke. But Brooke know. just needs more time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought Brooke was gonna be the guy this year, but it ended up being Fleury and I'm okay with that. So that,
0: that kind of stuff happens. That that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we'll uh we'll end that segment here. Um, I I'll end it saying that uh, if anybody wants tickets to the Canadians or tickets to a concert, go to SeatGiant.ca and use the promo code Unfiltered20. That promo code will get you a discount at checkout. So we are helping you get entertained.
2: Yes. Shameless plugs. There's nothing shameless about plugs.
0: Well, yeah. I've seen your hair.
2: <laughs> I don't have plugs. <laughs> or do you? <laughs> yeah, I'm using Rogaine like Jose Theodore. Oh my god! (laughs) Awesome. All right.
0: Uh, Okay, fellas. So um, we're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back on the other side, uh, it's going to be Coach Richard Lim of the RMC Paladins talking to us all about the rivalry game against West Point, a Division One A NCAA college hockey team. Stick around. Do
2: you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get arms. burger yarns. get you the gains you need. arms burger gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need. Get burgerns, burglar, burgeilar! Burger Today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade sure you yeah. your you favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog.
3: And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. I am joined now by the head coach of the RFC Paladins, Richard Lim. How's it going, Richard?
4: Uh, really good, Lynn. Uh, great Monday morning here uh, in Kingston, so, you know, still there, but otherwise, things are looking
3: up. Well, that's good. Um, so... What my listeners may not understand why being a Hab Central show, I'm bringing on someone from the Royal Military College of Canada. Um, the two hosts, as our listeners know, myself and uh and Treg Wilson, are both in the Royal Canadian Navy, and we both play sports with the military. And I thought it'd be an excellent time to have our listeners hear from you, and uh, who. You, you coach at a high level, you guys are in the OUA, uh, and you're competing against other colleges and universities throughout uh, Ontario and Quebec. So, can you give us a little bit of a background on your program?
4: Uh, absolutely. And uh, one little uh, tidbit that might actually tie in uh, interest to your listeners, we actually have uh, Kirk Muller's nephew. On our team, uh, Matthew Muller, he's a fourth-year engineering student here at RMC, and one of our defensemen on the team. So there's a little bit of Habs content here at uh, at RMC. In Kingston,
3: <laughs> sure. Well, it is Kingston, so there's always going to be a little bit of a touch of Habs. But that's yeah, that's uh, that's news I didn't know of. That's that's interesting.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah a little bit about our program. I mean, uh, as you touched on, we play the OUA, uh, which is one of the three conferences in eSports. sports So twenty university teams uh, within the OUA, ten in the east, ten in the west. Um and yeah, we, we play a twenty eight game season. Um starting in first of October, going into February and then playoffs uh and then finally ending uh in national with the uh, teams from the other three other two conferences, um Canada West and the AUS of uh the Maritimes. Um typically uh our, our, our program it's we hate to use it but it, it's sort of uh the buzzword still, um or buzz phrase, I guess, is, you know, we're one of the hidden secrets of uh, hockey within Canada. Um, most of our players are all ex-major junior guys, um, if not all Tier 2 players that just didn't get a D1 scholarship or decided to take uh, a Canadian education over the American education. Um, lots of ex-pros that are coming back after a year or two uh, trying to make it the uh, minor pro come back and played in our league. Um, and then that being said, a lot of the major junior players, and, and um, not even graduates from our, from our level, but they play one or two years here and then they jump into the AHL or head overseas to play pro. So it's a very competitive league, um, Skills top end. Uh, We're trying to compare it to, you know, um, for the, the major junior fans, uh, the CHL fans, uh, they're older, stronger, bigger, faster than uh, what you'll see at a CHL game. So definitely a hidden gem um, probably the best bank for your pockets. So you're able to get out to see a game, uh, in your local
3: markets. Now, a big difference with, uh, with RMC versus other universities in Canada is what you can offer. Uh, because to join your program, you also have to join the Canadian Armed Forces, is that correct?
4: Correct. Yeah. All of our members are uh, in the Canadian Armed Forces, whether they're, um, through the ROTP program, um, as officer cadets, or we do have a few reservists um, that are also taking classes, and, and uh, all of our members are within the Canadian Armed Forces, so it's definitely uh, a different university experience than your typical student athlete. Uh, not only do they have to balance academics as well as athletics, uh, there's a military component in that. Um, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of a, a higher calling or a different calling uh, compared to, uh, you know, our, our rivals are down the street at Queens. Uh, my guys are a little bit busier, but, you know, it sets them up well. There's a ton of great benefits um, as far as being in the Canadian Forces after and while you're in the school. Um, you know, full health care. The guys are getting paid. Um, their tuition doesn't cost anything. So lots of great benefits for our guys. They definitely take advantage of it. And you know, our, our team, uh, they definitely enjoy their time here at RMC.
3: Yeah, and uh, I do get to uh, to meet some of the more polished graduates of the school once they uh they make it out to the coast and they start playing hockey with us old timers out here and they definitely put us to shame.
4: Yeah, it's uh I think it's uh it's something our program now uh, I'm a graduate of the year from uh twenty eleven and um even when I talked to a lot that I played with uh the guys, I think it's just hockey in general, but the younger generation, they're so skilled now. Um, and our teams, our program has taken steps forward in the right direction over the last six, seven years where we are a different program. We're deep, we have some top end talent, um, and we're competitive day in, day out. Um, you know, sometime when I was around, there were nights where, you know, if we could keep it within a few goals, uh, it was a good night. Whereas now, uh, in the last couple of seasons, that we expect and are uh, in every game?
3: Yeah, because when you took over the program a few years ago, uh, you took over from a team that hadn't won a game. Is that correct?
4: That is correct. Um, yeah, I, I was able to come in and not have a lot of expectations, so it was a good time for uh, a little bit of a culture change in the dress room and uh, to be able to sort of implement uh, my structure and my thoughts on the program. And you know, uh, here we are five years later, and you know, we're still trying to get better. And, and be more competitive and be a, uh, a consistent playoff game.
3: Well, you guys are currently, uh, as the standings are right now, you're knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, do you, how close do you feel that your your program's at right now?
4: Uh, we're, we're right there. We're right there. I mean, two years ago, we tied for the last playoff spot, last high uh, break. There's a little bit of uh, confusion as one of the teams forfeited a bunch of games with an ineligible player, and it cost us our playoff spot. Um, but uh, we've been right there for the last three seasons. We just need to jump over the hump, and um, it's no different than when we when we were coming off that losing season. Um, the first couple of years, we we didn't know how to win hockey games. We were in a lot of ho- we we're getting into a lot of hockey games. We lost a lot of one goal, two goal games. Um, but we we're always waiting for the other foot to drop, and it costs us winning games. And, and we're in the same spot here as far as getting into that playoffs, making that push on um, uh, winning some games that we need to win. Um, right now we just haven't been able to do it and we're close so uh, it's a real important stretch here uh, heading into the last, uh, last
3: Now there's uh, there's another unique aspect of playing at RMC that uh, most universities don't get an option to do and that's you guys have a, uh, a long-standing friendly rivalry with uh, West Point down in the United States and you guys uh, play a an exhibition game once a year against each other can can you give my listeners a little bit of background on on that rivalry matchup
4: absolutely um yeah we're we're very fortunate in the college we, we get to play in actually two historical hockey games uh the one uh the first one is the car harris game against queens the rivalry game we played with them um it's the longest standing hockey rivalry in the world um that we play a a, a game to uh, to memorize that and then um uh, the Challenge, Challenge Cup uh, with West Point, the longest international and rivalry in the world. So, um, you know, it, it's something that has been around since uh, the early 1920s, um, and, it, and it's a really cool experience for, for our program um, to be able to not just play another NCAA team, but uh, another military academy. Um, you know, use the word friendly, I don't think there's anything friendly about it on ice. Uh, for that, for that 15 minutes, it's, uh, it's intense. Guys, there's really a lot of school, school, uh, pride. There's a lot of alumni pride. Um it's something, you know, this week, uh, I'm looking at my inbox, I already had three emails this morning at 10 a.m., uh, Monday morning from alumni about our game on Saturday. So, my inbox will be filled all, all week here from alumni. Um, you know, our school's all behind it. It's a really cool experience. Um, Yeah, the game itself, and then just the guys to rub shoulders with, you know, I I hear from alumni that they'll be deployed in Afghanistan and bump into an American officer that they start chatting and they played against each other in in this game, you know, a dozen years ago. Um, It's a pretty cool experience to, uh, to have something so meaningful with so many great people that have been involved in the program, both programs, and then to know that, you know, that, those are those are brothers in arms that uh, that guys could see anywhere in the world at any point on uh, on deployment doing their jobs.
3: Now uh, the players no longer no longer have that uh, that that rooming style this year. RMC is hosting. Uh, are you trying to get the two teams to kind of uh, meet up with each other through the weekend after the game or before the game?
4: Um, it, it's, it's tough with our scheduling, just with it being mid-season, um, with how much school we already miss, like both schools miss, um, academically with our, with our in-season schedule, it's tough to do the, the two or three days that we need, to, uh, to do a rooming thing and that because one will be coming up, uh, Friday afternoon, uh, so they get into our Friday late night, and then Saturday we have our game, and then they first thing Sunday morning um so it, it is tough i mean obviously uh makes a little different here as well with the the different rules that you know that uh west point cadets have as far as being allowed off campus and whatnot uh it's a little different um just in culture it's it's also a tough climate for coaches nowadays as well when we go on the road <laughs> with our players um social media and everything else it's a lot different than uh in past years where, you know, players can go out and, and mingle and stuff and if they're off campus, when the rules maybe say that they aren't allowed to be off campus, that uh, no one was the wiser for that weekend. Um, it's something that uh, Coach Riley and I have definitely discussed. So, you know, we'd love to do a little bit more of a social aspect. It's just a matter of time. Um, time and the travel the last couple of years, uh, we had actually planned to meet down there and both years we went down to West Point, uh, we've been hit by an ice storm. So it sort of put a wrench into our plans. But, uh, yeah, it's something that we're, that we're constantly talking about and trying to make uh, the experiences uh, as awesome for our players as possible.
3: <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, now, so the game itself, it's uh, it's going to happen on the 18th of January. Um, RMC's hosting. So um, what kind of... Uh, what kind of pressure are the alumni going to put on the team when they're at the rink?
4: <laughs> well, they'll they'll be loud. Uh, we're having an alumni game during the day, um, and then a big uh, alumni dinner uh, before the game across the street at one of the one of the messes. So I think we're going to be the alumni. There'll be fifty to sixty uh, alumni in town in the game, which is a big group for uh, for our group in Kingston. They'll be loud. They'll be loud, and so the cadet body and. Um, it's not so much the pressure; it's uh, it's good for our guys. They they enjoy the, the big crowd, the noise, the atmosphere. It, it really does help uh, get get guys into the game, as opposed to some of our uh, mid-season games that you know the crowds aren't always there after a long bus trip or whatnot. So
1: it'll be uh, very
4: enjoyable for the guys. They love it. It's definitely a day that we circle right at the start of the year. Is something that everyone's looking forward to.
3: In the game itself, uh, the army holds a bit of a an advantage on the uh, the wins with RMC's record against Army in the last few years how how have they fa- how have you fared against them?
4: Um. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think the last time one was o two, and then we got a tie o six. Um. And then yeah, it's been absolute dominance by uh, West Point over us. Um, I mean, Coach Riley definitely has their program heading the right direction. Uh, this year they're a nationally ranked top twenty team in NCAA. Um so they're they're good again this year. Um the but, la- but that being said, the last couple of years have been real close games. Um, I mean you know, a few years ago we lost by one uh late in the third year up in Kingston. Last year we had a two one lead going into the last ten minutes uh, of the game down in West Point and uh, we found ourselves shorthanded for the last, uh, last eight minutes, including two five on threes. And, you know, you give West Point opportunities like that, you know, they're, they're going to make you pay. So, um, definitely, uh, the games have been real competitive. They're close. Um, and, you know, this year I expect nothing, uh, but, but the same with a close game. And hopefully we can, uh, break that streak that, uh, Coach Riley and, uh, and the Knights have, uh, against us right now.
3: Now, down the stretch for for your regular season, uh, there's not much time left. Uh, what What is your plan going forward to get your team over the hump? Yeah,
4: that's a great question. Uh, um, well, I mean, actually, this, this West Point weekend started we coming at a good time. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a real good start to the second half year. We played uh, five games, and seven games, um, and we didn't have the outcome that we wanted. Uh, we just got back in the direction. No, we we didn't play great, so West Point comes at a real good time here where we can hit the reset button. Um, we have a long week here where we get uh, an extra day of practice because we're only playing Saturday night, no Friday game, so we can get back to the basics uh, and really sort of take a breath and not have to hit the panic button. Um, like if we're playing a couple of regular season games this week, it's a quick turnaround while we're sort of getting fragile. So, going the West Point game, getting a couple extra bodies into the lineup a uh, few to get healthy, um, really helps us reset. You know, we look at our schedule, and there's uh, we got uh, five games left that uh, are all teams that we've had competitive games with, and that we could beat. So we're definitely just taking it one step at a time, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can get on a little bit of a, a heater here and head in the right direction.
3: Well, Coach, uh, are any of these uh, these young men on your team? Now, this is more of a selfish question on my part. Are, are they in the Navy, and are they coming out here to, uh, start kicking the butts of us old timers? <laughs> uh,
4: what do we have? I think we have, we have, uh, three, three guys that are in the Navy right now. So, one's brought in this, this year, Seamus Squire, a logistics officer. So, um he'll be out there at some point once he does some logistics training, and, uh, he definitely, uh, will be skating circles around some guys. He, uh, he's one of the guys that he's recruited to be an NCAA runner. His DO two max is something insane. His battery doesn't stop. So he'll be a he'll be a great um bass player for many
3: years now just
4: because <laughs> of his conditioning.
3: Oh, can't wait to have him take my spot. <laughs> <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so coach, um, just to give our listeners a little bit of the background a little bit more background on on the people that you have on your team. Not hockey, but uh, in general outside of hockey. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of the, the level of character that would be on that team?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, typically, typically our hockey team, uh, we are a little bit older than the rest of the Cats uh, just because they go and play junior hockey. Um, but typically our guys are in at 20 years old, so they're, they have a little bit of life experience compared to some of the Cats that come straight out of high school. Um, they've typically lived away from home already, and right now in our, team, we have 15 players that all wore letters as captains on their junior team. So we, we definitely try and recruit uh, guys that with leadership qualities that are deep character guys, um, both within their community and, and they're obviously their hockey team. So our right, guys coming in, uh, it's tough over here to pick uh, leaders. Um, I mean, they, they've already started with that leadership background and then with course at the college with some of the military stuff and uh, the leadership training they do it just seems to grow and grow um you know it's one of the things that i'm really proud about is the culture of our team i mean i, I know it's an old cliche that team coaches use for recruiting and talking is how good their uh, team culture is i mean it's something that uh, i honestly believe in here is our leadership group since i've taken over has been awesome year to year and our our group is very very close um with us being at RMC, all, all, they live on campus all four years, so they see each other day in day out. Um, they eat meals together. Uh, it's it's awesome. So they they really it is a uh, family of the Dresser. Um,
1: and then our guys uh, outside of the
4: hockey, uh, they're we expect them to be involved as top cadets over at the college. So we have cadets in leadership positions. We have uh, players that are. Organizing fundraisers, coaching for different, um, OPI positions, so, uh, chances to be in charge of different events going on at the college. Um, it's, we're pretty happy with how involved our players are, uh, with our school community.
3: Well, coach, uh, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you're busy, so, uh, I'm going to let you get back to, uh, to planning your, uh, your plan of attack. Um, and was there, was there anything else you wanted to uh, to plug for the college?
4: Uh, no, just uh, you know, maybe not just so much for the college, but uh, any fans out there that get a chance to uh, go see a local OUA or sports game, definitely get out and check it out. Uh, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with the on-ice product.
3: Well, thank you very much, Coach. And uh, again, good luck with the rest of the season. I am going to be cheering for you guys.
4: Thanks Bob and uh, we'll be in touch soon.
2: And that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. And a very special thanks to RMC head coach Richard Lim for his time. And always remember, if you're talking about it, so are we.